Welcome to the Birth Prep Podcast. I'm Taylor, and I'm here to help you prepare your mind, body, and team to best support you during your birth experience. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Birth Prep Podcast. Today's episode is called The Final Push, because we are going to be talking all about transition phase of labor and pushing our baby out. The third phase of our labor experience is called transition, and it is the last phase before our baby is delivered. During transition, the cervix dilates from 8 to 10 centimeters. Contractions are usually very strong, lasting around 60 to 90 seconds, and occurring every few minutes. Most women feel the urge to push during this phase. For me, this has always been the most intense phase and where I feel the most pain and the most intensity and the most pressure, all the things. Baby is coming down through the birth canal and is about to be born. For my last baby, I had a pain-free birth. So transition, I did not realize that I was in transitional labor. I was napping at this point and I have always experienced very rough transitional phases in the past. I had no clue that I was laying on the couch listening to lullabies napping at eight, nine centimeters. It it blew my mind afterwards. They didn't tell me when they checked me how far along I was, but I had baby shortly after they checked me and they're like, yeah, you were like at eight, nine centimeters. (laughs) I honestly had no clue and you might not have any clue either. And here are some common things that you might experience during that phase. I personally didn't experience a lot of these. I did get really hot during that time and I did have the strong urge to push once my baby was crowning. Some things you might want to look out for is nausea and vomiting, leg cramps or trembling of the arms and legs, hot or cold flashes, sweating, and a strong urge to push with your contractions. These things are not required of you, but just for curiosity's sake and information's sake, those are things that are common for people to experience. So labor is actually broken up into four separate stages, and our first stage of labor is broken up into three separate stages. Transition is the third and final stage of the first stage of labor. So the first stage of labor, which is our labor experience, it is broken up into three separate parts, early, active, and transition. Second phase of labor is the delivery of our baby. The third phase of labor would be the delivery of this placenta or afterbirth is what it's called. And then the fourth and final phase is recovery. So transition is when our body is transitioning between the first and second stages of labor, where we're going from that labor into the delivery phase of labor. And it is where we meet our baby. Aside from my pain-free birth, I have always experienced a rough transition period and contractions are basically every two to three minutes, which that's from the beginning of the first to the beginning of the next. So you have that whole 60 to 90 second contraction in there. So they're basically coming very quickly. It's kind of brutal if you're experiencing pain and things like that. At least it always was for me. I'm not wishing that on you by any stretch of the imagination, but um, it also made my back hurt really bad. I had a lot of back labor, especially during that transition phase, and I felt a lot of pressure. I personally like to wait until I feel the urge to push to begin pushing instead of being told when it's time to push. I don't really opt for cervical checks personally, um, just usually once when my midwife gets there just to see if things are progressing like I think they are. I've gotten a lot of questions recently about how to properly push or what it feels like to push and like just a bunch of pushing questions. So I thought that this would be a great episode to have today. So let's talk about that. What does pushing look like? What are some common practices? What does it look like in the hospital? What are some evidence-based practices? Things like that. 
I'm going to say that pushing feels like pooping to me personally. Does it feel like that to you? I don't know. (laughs) I was always told even by my mom, she's like, push like you're pooping, like push, use those same sort of muscles. I personally like to work on my pelvic floor muscles in the week's Uh, leading up to labor in preparation for this. I think it can be helpful, but I do not think it's required. When I was in the hospital, pushing looked like, number one, they made me get on my back. Number two, they made me wait for the doctor. And number three, they made me wait until they told me that it was time to push. So, hey, we're at 10 centimeters now. You're allowed to push. Once they told me I was allowed to push and I started some quote unquote practice pushes, they basically told me to stop because the doctor wasn't there yet. And at that point, my body was definitely having that urge to push and continue pushing. And there was no stopping that freight train. There was literally no stopping it. I have heard some disgusting horror stories of nurses literally putting hand over vagina and like pushing baby back and keeping baby inside. It's absurd to me. I know that labor and delivery nurses are not trained in that area. But I think that there should, number one, be education on it from the get-go. That's important. Stuff happens all the time and nurses have to catch babies. And I think that there should definitely be education surrounding it. I also think if you are encountering a situation like that, one, you should be speaking up for yourself and demanding better because you deserve better. And two, if it's past the point of that and it's already happened, I think you should be reporting these situations to whoever it needs to be reported to. It is not okay. Once my doctor did make it there, I was being coached on how to push. So they were basically telling me how to hold my legs, how to hold my body, how to, um, you know, hold my breath. They were counting to 10. They were telling me what to do the whole time. And in hopes of being encouraging, they were straight up lying to me. Like, this is going to be the last one. You've got this. It's the last one. When, you know, it it very much wasn't. (laughs) I don't think they were being maniacal. I just think that you know, they were trying to be encouraging, but that's not really the best way to do things. Lying isn't the way to go in any scenario. (laughs) Doctor also had his whole freaking hand up alongside of baby's head inside of my vagina. It, I tore horribly, horribly, horribly with that birth experience. It was so much more traumatic than it needed to be. I was, you know, doing very well. It took me less than five minutes to push baby out. I did not need interventions. I didn't need the coached pushing. I was trying to follow my urges and they were basically yelling at me because I wasn't listening to their instructions. It was a whole, it was a whole situation. In hindsight, it was very awful. My second and third births were not as terrible, but they were still coached pushing, purple pushing. Purple pushing is like holding your breath while you're pushing, which I don't really recommend. It's very intuitive to me. Like our body is doing this big giant thing and we're going to not supply oxygen. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. I like to breathe while I'm pushing now. (laughs) Breathing baby baby out is a thing. If that's something you want to look into and focusing on your breath work while you're trying to support your body and the pushing that it's doing voluntarily, like your body is going to get to the point where it's pushing on its own. Some people even experience fetal ejection response, which is basically when your baby shoots out of your vagina with no or little effort on your part or your body's basically doing all the work for you. And it gets to the point where your body's going to shoot that baby out. I have never personally experienced this, but I've heard several stories at this point of this happening and it's a future goal of mine. We'll see if it happens. I like to give birth in an upright position now versus lying on my back. I feel most comfortable in this position first and foremost. If you feel most comfortable on your back, that is fine, but there's a lot of evidence that suggests that birthing in an upright position is a better option. One, it helps with gravity. It can help bring baby down and out of the birth canal. There's more blood flow and less risk of compressing your aorta. 
This is, of course, going to make sure that there is more blood flow and better oxygen supply going to the baby, which obviously leads to a lower risk of abnormal fetal heart tones and also a lower risk of emergency C-section if that's not happening. That is one of the major reasons for emergency C-sections is that loss of baby's heart tones or the, a significant drop. And your pushing position could be contributing to that drop. Lying on your back, baby has to come up and out. So we obviously know in like try riding a bike up the hill versus down the hill, right? It's a lot easier to go downhill. Same kind of situation. It's when we're birthing with gravity and not against it, we are having a much easier time. And also so is our baby. Your uterus is going to be able to contract more strongly and efficiently in an upright position. There's just so many great benefits. If you are able and willing to do an upright position, um, I strongly suggest at least trying it. Hospital births attribute to over 98% of the births in the United States, which is a huge and shocking number to me. It was at least. And 68% of those births happen lying on their backs. And 23% of those births happen where basically the head of the bed is raised and you're like semi-reclined, but pretty much still on your back. So a huge majority of births are happening in a back lying position. Why? Because it's not evidence-based. So why is this happening? Purely for your provider's convenience, which honestly disgusts me, but it's the reality of the birth industry. They do most things to be more convenient, more lucrative, or most risk averse for themselves. And they don't give the mother the treatment that I think that they deserve. And that is a huge reason why I do what I do. After having my fifth baby recently, I decided to redo my birth prep course um, and completely change the whole structure of it because I wanted people to have everything they needed to navigate the system for what it is, because it's a very messed up system, in my opinion, very backwards. I knew when I delivered my third baby that my provider was not for me. It was for themselves first, then for me. I should have been treated like the highest priority and you deserve that treatment too, because you are. I now have a provider who does treat me like I am the highest priority in the room. Of course, also my baby and we are equal in that matter. And we want to make sure that both mom and baby are safe and feel heard and feel supported and feel loved and feel all of the things. You are not a number. You're being treated as such in this crappy system. And I hate that for us. And I am determined to inspire change in this industry. One of the biggest reasons why providers fight for their backlying position, it, other than having great access, is because they are able to uh, implement some techniques like perennial massage and episiotomies um, and the, what is it called? Ricken maneuver where they use their hands to press outside of the rectum and manipulate baby's head into like a tucked chin position. And that is supposed to help with tearing and like help support and protect the perineum. Um, but the most proven, the most protective method for preventing tears, um, is not touching the patient's genitals at all <laughs> during the delivery. So I always say hands off, keep your hands away, please. Thank you. Bye. Anyways, that was a whole rant on that. Let me tell you really quick how I like to push now, knowing what I know, doing all of this work trying different ways. I've done it lots of different ways. Now I've had five babies. Here's how I like to do things. I personally like to wait until I feel the urge to push. I am not opting for cervical checks. I'm not having anybody tell me, Hey, you're at 10 centimeters. It's time to start pushing. It's time to start trying. I'm just waiting for my body to tell me, Hey girl, 
it's time. Let's have that baby. Feels like some really intense pressure for me. It just feels like, okay, it's time. Like there's something coming and there's no stopping it. Once I get to that point, I try to let my body do its thing for a little bit. And then I start to push with my body. I like to be in an upright position. I personally prefer on my knees hanging over the tub, like using the tub for support for my arms. This could look like using the back of your hospital bed, same kind of position or hands and knees, but there's no right way. This is just what I prefer. Everyone is either silent or encouraging me. No one's counting up to 10. No one's telling me what to do. No one's telling me to hold my breath. And I am breathing through the situation, not holding my breath. I'm not purple pushing. I'm breathing baby out. And then finally, I am trying my best to keep my mindset in check. I am reminding myself that I can do this, that I get my baby at the end of this, that I was built for this. And that is what pushing looks like for me now. (laughs) You don't have to do things my way as a reminder yet again. (laughs) I know I feel like I say this all the time, but it's important to remember that you get to call the shots and you get to make the decisions that you feel are best for yourself and for your baby. I'm just sharing from my experience and what I've learned over the years and what I think is best practice for me and my wants and my needs for my birth experience. And that might look completely different than what you're trying to aim for. And there's nothing wrong with that because there's no right way to birth your baby. Just like there's no wrong way. As always, I strongly urge you to look into all of the different options available to you for each and every single decision surrounding this experience. That way you can weigh the risks versus the benefits for every single option and make a decision that you feel is best for yourself and baby. Before I sign off today, I want to tell you guys about the birth prep course really quick. It is something that I have poured my heart and soul into. It's something that I feel is at this point in my life, my life's work. And it's something that I have had to put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into, literally. I am so proud of what it has become. It has definitely shifted over the years. It is now a full-fledged giant course that's going to teach you how to navigate the system, teach you how to create your desired birth experience because we have so much more control over our result than we are led to believe. And I'm just so excited that it is finally here and finally ready to purchase. If you have any questions before purchasing, the very best place to reach me is in my DMs on Instagram. I will put the link for that. This is for my mamas-to-be who believe that birth can be better than they have been told and are ready to reach out and claim that for themselves. I did it, so can you, and I'm here to help you. Okay, that is all that I have for you today. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I hope this was helpful for you. As always, happy prepping. Happy prepping.